0: Welcome aboard. I'm Brad. I'm Eric. And I'm Scott. Welcome to My Ship Story Podcast.
1: This is a podcast where we invite crew members, both past and present, to tell their stories about life at sea. So come up to the pool bar and grab a drink. Sit
0: back, relax, because it's time for My My Ship Ship Story. Story. (laughs) that was terrible. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast today. We're excited to have all the way from the U.K., Her name is Julie Stevens. She is a model traveler. You can go to YouTube and look at her new YouTube channel, A Model Traveler. And uh, she'll have to tell us a little bit more about it. They packed up their entire family and moved to the UK. She'll have to give us some uh, backstory and stuff on that. But um, it's pretty exciting stuff. So you guys have to check our YouTube page out. Before we get to Julie, let's check in with Brad and Eric and see what's happening with you guys. Uh, Brad, what's going on?
2: Went out, got the yard mode, took a shower. Now I'm ready to go. I'm ready to podcast. Let's go. Had a
1: productive morning.
2: I did for a change. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Well, I'm not. No, a not all person. my mornings
2: are very productive. Yeah, Air? my What's mornings happening? are
1: not productive. Not much. I was stayed up late doing my taxes, and yes, it's August, and I haven't done my taxes yet. But um,
0: <laughs>
1: he's so the one. <laughs> yes, I'm the one. So I'm finally getting those done. Finally, used my pool. So that's for it's about time that I. It's August, and I'm finally getting in the pool. <laughs> uh, and this this hurricane is we're we're supposed to get the remnants of it are headed is oh, headed our that's way. Right. So yeah. So we're going to have a pretty wet Tuesday, but uh, nothing
0: compared to what's going on, uh, I can imagine, right now in Louisiana. Yeah. Wow. I just, just you know, keep getting hammered. Yeah. At least it's not here a couple of years ago or last year or whatever it was where they had storms back to back, just like all dotted up and just ready to mow through the Gulf. Hope everything works out. So I've had a rough week and the uh, weekend. Um, Friday night, I'll I'll do this one as quick as I can. Friday night, I decided to TikTok made me do it. I don't know if you've seen it on my on my page. If you follow me on TikTok, or if you want to follow me on TikTok, I'm the nightly driver. If you want to see someone in a in a intense amount of pain, I did the one chip challenge. I love spicy food, but this chip kicked my ass. Oh my gosh! It was what type of chip was it? It's one chip. And it's been dipped in Carolina Reaper, Trinidad scorpion or scorpion pepper, something like that. It's the hottest chip in the world. And the challenge is you, you eat it and you uh, don't drink or eat anything for five minutes. If you watch the video, I, I post it on my Facebook now, but um, for the rest, you can go to TikTok and, and um, check it out. As soon as I crunched it in, I haven't even swallowed it yet. And I you could see instant regret. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm recording. I just gotta go ahead and do it. It's a you know, five minutes long. It did it. I I ended up doing it. And and then um, you know, the challenge was five minutes, like I said, and everything was fine. About 45 minutes later, I threw up like three times and I broke out in cold sweats and I was dizzy. I had to sit down.
3: <laughs> surprise, surprise on the challenge.
0: Uh that you did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you record that part? The throwing up and cold sweats? And <laughs> no, I was throwing up. I was over the toilet. It was bad. So Saturday I had off, you know, everything was fine until about four o'clock this morning when my kid calls me uh, him and his four other uh, friends were in Stillwater, which is uh 58 minutes away, you know, they were stranded on the side of the highway. So I uh, left, got there about five o'clock and uh, they blew their engine or whatever the kid's car was. I mean, there was parts of the engine on, on the street with no oil and got back about six 30, woke up to do this podcast. So I will, I will take nap throughout the day. I'm, I'm pretty sure luckily I'm already mowed, but Hey, let's get on with Julie. I could go on with this, but uh, I've had a rough weekend. So let's get there. Let's get the here. Julie Stevens <laughs> here. Um, hey, Julie, welcome to the show. We're excited to have you. Man, I can't wait to start talking about your display stuff behind you and your UK experience and your ship stories. Welcome. Lots.
3: Thank you for having me. And I wanted to say off the uh, right off the top, thank you guys so much for starting this podcast. It's been so fun to go back and listen. I just listened to Bucky Hurds a couple nights ago, and just listening to all the stories. Some people I worked with, some I haven't worked with, but even listening to you know, the other cruise lines other than real Caribbean that I've worked with. It it brought up so many great memories. I'm sure I'm not the only one who's saying that, but yeah, thank you guys so much for having this podcast. It's been so much fun. Yeah. We've
2: said this, we've said this before, but it's just, it's so easy talking to people that we don't even know that's worked for other cruise lines. We have no
0: idea about, but they come on and we just, we just, we just go, just like we've known each other forever. We're all brothers and sisters, and only ship people can understand the ship people. <laughs> so
3: true, so true. It's an unspoken language.
0: Well, hey, so um, I, I know I worked on. I think it was the Majesty or the Monarch, or maybe both, but I think it was the Majesty. Give us kind of a backstory of what you did, you know, before you got on ships, and how it uh, came to be that you uh, work on ships.
3: Yes. So kind of crazy story. So I grew up, uh, you know, in the arts, I was acting and modeling and dancing. And I was in a troupe at the time that was performing um, in Seattle. I'm from Seattle, Washington, originally. And then um, that troupe broke down into a smaller troupe called applause that would travel around to resorts and hotels and things and and perform and we did that up until probably my early 20s you know at that time I was just kind of fresh out of college I'd gone to acting school I I wanted to continue dancing but you know at some point you you don't know where to sort of Continue that. And I remember seeing an ad in the newspaper back when we read newspapers for Norwegian. What's that?
0: <laughs> no, I know,
3: it's a foreign object. For Norwegian cruise lines and they were uh, auditioning for dancers. And so I went down to Seattle and auditioned and it was just like you'd see in the movies where hundreds and hundreds of people and rows and rows of dancers with you know one choreographer up front. You could barely see him. And he's doing, and the five, six, seven, eight, and pop, and pop, and pop. And it's just this whirlwind and they're expecting you to, you know, you've got to pick up this routine in about two seconds and you can't even see them because you're the ninth row back trying to, you know, next. Shockingly, I did not hear back from them. (laughs) And, uh, and so like fast forward, maybe six months to a year. Um, my family, my mom and dad, a girlfriend and I went to, um, to Disney world. And then we decided to take a, just a three-day cruise on the Nordic Empress and did the little jaunt around the Bahamas. And that was our first experience with the cruise lines. Huh. Well, I met a boy. It's always, always a ship story that involves a boy. Uh, and he was a waiter on the Nordic Empress. And so, Of course. Kind of, what a you know, shock. Kind of, <laughs> I
2: know.
3: <laughs> then, that kind of sparked me thinking about working on cruise ships again basically this is so crazy i sent them you know snail mail put my little packet together with my headshot and resume and mailed it off to royal Caribbean and cruise lines didn't hear anything back i followed up about a week later and said hey you know did you get my information and they said you know sorry at this time we're not hiring and i just remember thinking you've got all of these ships in your fleet you know hundreds of crew on each ship how do you not have one position open. I just I just find that hard to believe. So, I applied for a job as a housekeeper with this family that lived on Fisher Island. I'll never forget oh, wow. Lynn and Morty Norkin. They were the nicest couple from New York had retired to Fisher Island. I applied to be their housekeeper, had my own little quarters. And they were going to hire me because I thought, I'm just going to get to Miami. I'm just going to get to Miami, try to figure out how to walk into Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines. I'm not taking no for an answer. So they, she ended up calling me back and saying, you know what? I'm so sorry to tell you. Our old housekeeper is coming back. They had She had gone home for family issues and ended up coming back. So they were going to hire her back. But she said, you know what? I have a daughter, and I can't imagine my daughter coming to Miami with nowhere to stay. So you can stay with us until you figure out what you're going to do. And so I flew down by myself. So just,
1: real, real quick, so just so people the, don't understand, like Fisher, Fisher Island yeah. is one of the most expensive locations in all of South Florida. I mean, it is like super high and very expensive in South Florida.
3: They were right, obviously on the canal, beautiful pool. And yeah, I was definitely second guessing. Do I want to leave this place? But of course I had to. <laughs> yeah. So I flew in on a Tuesday, walked into Royal Caribbean That next, that Wednesday, next day, and no appointment and just walked in and said, yes, I'm here for a position. And they basically put me in HR's office. I can't remember the name of the gentleman at the time. This is 93.
0: So what was this guy's name? Dave Vandepass? No. I think he's at HR Dave Vandepass. I think he hired all of the crew staff. Well, the crew staff division, cause we got hired as stage staff. He hired us as well.
3: That sure sounds familiar.
0: How was it? Like, as you got on the ship, who was the first, who was your roommate? And
3: my first roommate was Jessica Specht.
0: Long, yeah. beautiful. Long, She's, uh, yeah. She still looks exactly the same.
3: She does. She's amazing. We saw each other maybe 10 years ago. I drove down to uh, L.A. Um, to see some friends and we hooked up and she's a Christian rock singer and mm-hmm. just, do, you know, she's just as beautiful on the inside as she is on the outside. So it's been nice to keep in contact. But she was my first roommate
1: because uh, I was on the majesty until like August of 90, maybe July or August of 93, because after that contract, I went to Sovereign.
3: OK, I, we, we I think we did just miss each other then. Yeah, yeah. I remember Christmas coming up pretty quickly right after I okay. signed up, or you know right. signed on. Well, yeah, you're probably right. It's probably October or something like that. So yeah, I, I, yeah. I remember Halloween on board, and then thrown throw to the wolves straight away. You know how it goes.
0: You know when you you said that you were on there for Halloween. I remember on Halloween. You know, I mean, I've always been a Halloween buff. The two things like Halloween when they had them on there and Dancing Under the Stars. I had no idea. The amount of stuff that people will bring on for those to dress up and everything like they brought like an entire extra bag for just their costume because there was a whole family. I don't know if you guys remember this or not, but there was a an entire family of like that were all the fruit of the loom family and they had (laughs) just like you remember in the commercial everyone had that costume. And I was like, where did you fit or put that? Yeah. So did you fit right
2: in? Did it fit well from you right from the beginning or, or were yeah, you a little, I, I what, think what's so. going on I, here?
3: I was a little older. So I think I, you know, I say older 23, but I was ready to, you know, fly the nest as far as being around family. And I mean, I have a very close family, but I knew that I would probably want to travel, you know, early on, that was always a part of who I was. And so I was just excited to continue dancing and, you know, performing and being around people and meeting new friends. So for me, it was, it was great from the very beginning, you know, hit the ground running. And I, I loved every single ship and, and every year. I think I did a total of about seven years on and off different ships.
0: Well, also, well, hey, let's get into some stories.
3: My name is Julie Stevens, and this is my ship story. One, I mean, I've, I definitely have a, have several. One of them that you guys can probably appreciate was there was always good parties in the Greeks' cabins, right? The Greeks knew how to throw cabin parties because they were always up all night they had the best music they loved to dance and party and they were always so welcoming and so you'd be walking down the halls thinking oh, it's, you know 9:30 or 10 I, I i think i'm just going to hit the hay go to bed and if you walked by the cabins <laughs> where the greeks are partying you got pulled in you did not have a choice to to go to bed so i remember going into this the cap and i can't remember if they were you know engineers or officers or what what their position was but they were always so friendly i mean no matter who walked by they'd grab you and pull you in and we, you know you guys know how small these cabins are and they'd have 10 12 people packed in and we'd be just flooded out into the hallway and nobody complained because they were surrounded by other sort of partying cabins and nobody cared right <clears throat> so i just remember them cranking the greek music they were dancing and you know yesu. one of the, one of the guys got up onto the table and you know how small those tables are. They have like one little Uh chair and this little mini table. (laughs) And he got up and was, I mean, clearly he'd been drinking as we all had, but he had been drinking quite a bit and thought that he was going to get really fancy on this very small table. And he did a couple of fancy moves and he slipped and fell. And (laughs) as he fell, he farted so <laughs> I, I can't believe we heard it over the music because it was so loud but it was one of those where you, where you just kind of like did I just hear what I think I heard and he was laughing so hard and then we all started laughing so he couldn't even breathe or talk he was laughing so hard <laughs> And he fell onto the, ground, onto the ground, and and you kind of go, wait, are you all right, or should we should we be concerned about you? And again, he was, he just stayed there until he basically passed out, and and we just kind of went, okay, he's fine. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Party. <laughs> Wait a minute. Who ate the who ate the uh, the gyro? Yes.
3: <laughs> oh my gosh, it was so funny. He he clearly you know had no concerns in the world. It was wonderful. Yeah, I don't no I don't think money. like
0: there's been so many parties and so many different you know the crew staff, the dancers, the casino, the photographers. I don't know if I ever went to or heard about the the Greek parties. Okay, okay. so I'll tell you why.
1: Because when uh, some of the ships that we were on still had Norwegian officers and. When Royal Caribbean switched to international officers, that's when the Greeks came on board Royal Caribbean ships. So pre that period, almost all the ships were Norwegian officers and did not have Greek officers. So I never sailed with any Greek officers, but I know that post, you know, once a new ship started coming out with international uh, officer uh, officers, those ships had a lot of greeks on them and so it was a little different
3: oh, I'm, I'm glad i i came in at the right time because that that was some good energy for sure
1: yeah it, it is a little different um from the norwegian energy uh <laughs> not that it was bad i you know i got along very well with the norwegians but it, i think it's just northern europe versus southern europe it's just a different vibe it's just sure. very different
3: Sure. I mean, I, there's so much hugging and kissing going on in the Greek cabin. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't romantic at all. They, they do it with each other, male and, you know, that's yeah, just yeah. culture. Very demonstrative, very huggy and kissy with everybody. Right. Yeah, so that was yeah, great.
1: that's that, that's not Scandinavian culture. It's no. not like no. <laughs> no. <laughs> touchy and just, you know, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brad, the Jew at Renaissance. What did you have? What type of officers were over there?
2: They were Liberian flags, so we had them, had them all. But um, I worked on a Greek ship. We're going to save that for another time. (laughs) (laughs) That was one of my, that was my little side gigs between Royal Caribbean and Renaissance. And uh, yeah, we're going to save that for another time. That's a whole (laughs) can of worms.
0: I only went to like maybe one or two, or uh, I mean, I can't number it, but just, you know, maybe a small handful of the Norwegian parties, man, I, I'm telling you, I couldn't get past the the casino and the photographers and the dancer crew staff parties. That was enough yep. to me. Cause you know, that was until like five o'clock in the morning. I was like, I got to be up at six for load, a bunch of freaking towels to, you know, on the first <laughs> tender.
3: I can't believe how, how little sleep we all must've gotten in those years. And and maybe that's why to this day, I don't need a lot of sleep. It was sort of groomed me for late, you know, later life of four hours a night and you wake up and you have to be on and, you know, smiling.
1: It was all about your naps. If you can get a nap in, in the afternoon, then you could survive on four hours or three hours or whatever it was. And so that's what, that's what I always did. I, I knew that I could party and stay up pretty late and then, okay, I just have to make four hours, eight to 12 in the morning I can just make it to 12. I'm good. I'll just get a bite to eat. And then I get get another two or three hours nap in. Um, And then sometimes even a disco nap before, like after work and before going out at night, you get like a good, you know, 30 minute, you know, maybe an hour nap. And again, you're ready to go. So for me, naps is the, the the key thing of how i survived
0: yeah and you have the times. cabins that are interior cabins when you shut the door like they're so you can't hear anything it's absolutely black in there so you could go in there and be out like a light an hour nap was could be like three hours normally but power naps were big yeah even though i stay up i'm still late you know i mean This morning was a really, really long, you know, leaving and coming back at six and stuff. But going into this podcast, uh, Julie would uh, type me, you know, uh, message me at like, uh, I think it was like two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, awesome. There's, there's other people that are still up. Oh yeah. I
3: know this time difference too is crazy. Well, I remember um, another funny story was, you know, everybody kind of had a cabin that they were known for what they, what they offered. So I remember you know, people are surprised when they hear that I never got into the show Friends. I'm like, well, it was the 90s. And so all of us were out at sea and didn't, you know, you get the four channels, the three out of the four channels were Royal Caribbean channels. So you got maybe one channel, but you always had the cabin that you'd sneak into with the good TV and the rabbit ears and you would try and catch an episode. <laughs> oh,
2: Friends if, or... if, if you were on a ship that had TVs.
3: True. Yeah. That... My
2: first ship didn't have TVs. <laughs> so it
3: was usually like a, the ship-shaped director because I after crew staff, I did end up becoming the ship-shaped director for, for, I think, a contract. And then I had a TV because then you have your own room and, you know, it's very luxurious at that point. But I do remember sneaking into other rooms. And then my room was known as sort of the baked goods room because my mom... My mom and dad, you know, Christmas was so I loved being on the ships for the holidays and for Christmas. And we would dress up as elves and Santa was there. And you'd hand I mean, the atrium was gorgeous with all of the the gingerbread houses and the Christmas trees. And we would hand out all the presents to the kids. But my mom would, you know, they'd ship your presents to you and you decorate your little porthole and put up your presents. But she my mom's a great baker. And so she would send, you know, homemade chocolate chip cookies. And then she always baked fudge. Well, normally she would bake it and it would, you know, she'd slice it and it would come in squares. Well, one year I got it and I, and I opened it and it, it was, had formed itself because Miami it's hot <laughs> into this perfect massive chocolate ball, but it, it was so perfectly molded. I thought that she had sent it that way. And I just remember, you know, talking to her on a Friday, you know, you run in Miami and call your parents on the payphone, phone by the prepaid card. And it was like, okay, what is the deal with the chocolate ball? And she's like, no, I, I made fudge. Like, no, that's not how it arrived.
0: <laughs> so, it's all the plane and stuff that just worked itself into a bowl.
3: Seriously, just, you know, a couple days worth, but it, you know, it didn't taste any, any, any difference. So everybody was flooding into my, my uh, cabin for all the baked goods. It's like, they could smell it. And you could just see people kind of floating down the corridor towards my <laughs> cabin for all of the baked goods it was funny
0: you have your cheese ball and then you have julie's uh, fudge ball like yeah. i mean you, you got to make that nowadays you just got to make a big fudge ball
3: yeah why cut it into you know squares it's just yeah yeah, well, yeah that was worked.
0: funny you know my uh i can't remember if I, I told you this before or not but my sister used to work for a bagel um company and she knew that i love everything bagels still love everything bagels and she thought Uh, You know, I was always like, gosh, I miss the bagels. I miss the bagels. (laughs) She thought that she would mail me some bagels. So she really worked hard on, you know, putting them in a bag and tried to overnight them. And, you know, even though she overnighted them, you know, they sit in Miami for like, you know, six, six days before I got them And, and she was like, yeah, yeah, I, I mailed you some bagels, so they should be there. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I got a box from you. And so I'd open it up and they were green and fuzzy. Yeah. They, were, <laughs> they were moldy. And I was like, oh. oh, it doesn't even smell like bagels anymore. But thanks. And you know, you mentioned the the gingerbread houses on Christmas. We used to, of course, after you know, 15 or 20 diet cokes, we used to go down and steal those gingerbread houses and take them down the cabin with a bucket of ice cream that we stole from the galley and and
3: Uh, and just break them apart. Break
0: them apart and ate all of the, you know, you'd go up the next day and see like nothing, house, 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 nothing.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Must have been those darn kids.
0: Awesome. Well, hey, uh, tell us about your product placement down there. What's what's going on with the red stripe and the Tortuga rum cake? Well, you
3: know, I just figured a few of my favorite things from days gone by. Obviously Barbados was one of our stops along the way because I worked on the Monarch too. So, you know, St. Martin, St. Thomas and Maybe one is that we, Mount
1: Gay. Is that Mount, Mount, Gay? Mount
3: Gay? Yeah.
1: That's a Barbados one, isn't it? Yeah.
3: Yep. That's a nice that's a nice one right there. So, I figured I would Represent and then you know you guys know. I mean, come on. Tortuga Where'd you cake. get that? Online. We've had many
2: discussions about the Tortuga rum cake. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is a major favorite.
3: It certainly sure yeah. is. We actually had this as our wedding cake because we had a very um, <laughs> Caribbean themed. You know, we got married on the beach, and um we just ordered a bunch of these and cut them up and bunch of different flavors, and had that That's as our wedding.
1: Awesome! Cake. Awesome! That's we a good bread. idea. yeah
3: Red Stripe. Well, the cool thing about Red Stripe is, especially when you're early twenties. I mean, you didn't really have at least I didn't really have a palate for beer. I mean, now, you know, I love dark beer. I love all you know, all beer. But at the time, this was a lovely way to introduce yourself to the benefits of beer. And I just remember booking one of the tours where you uh, went down the what was the river? wasn't yep. Dungeon, was
1: it? Was it done No, no, they, no, oh, no Mar- but there Martha was a different Bray? river.
0: Martha Bray River rafts.
3: Oh, Martha Bray River raft. Look at yeah. you. Yeah. Nice.
0: That's yes. where That's where Queen, what was her name? She was a purser. Well, for us, it was Lucille. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, Lucille Moreno would be the queen of the raft, and she yeah. would have a cooler, and she would throw the beers to people on the, on the inner tubes. So everybody just was on the inner tubes, and she was on the raft, but she was like the queen of the river. And oh, she I was the her. one that was throwing the beers to us.
3: My first time drinking, it was on the river raft and mangoes too. We'd go down yeah. the river and they would pick mangoes. And that was the first time I'd ever tried a fresh mango like that. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. So a it, quick
1: red stripe story. Uh, I had gone on a catamaran, you know, one of those, we drank all you wanted on one of those catamaran trips. We had rented one. I, I don't remember if it was my last week on board, if it was my birthday or something like that. And so we had been drinking Red Stripe and I was like pretty, like very, very drunk, which again is pretty par for the course. No surprise. But the next day I had the worst hangover and I was like, God, that Red Stripe really did a number on me. And I was like, I couldn't believe that I had such a bad hangover from the Red Stripe only to to find out like a few weeks later that somebody was pouring rum into my Red Stripe. And I was so drunk that I had no idea.
3: <laughs> what a novice move. What a Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool. I was, yeah, I was, now I, I was now really there. hungover.
3: Yeah. Now we welcome yeah, yeah, yeah. that extra shot. We need to have Brooks and Di on here on as well. Oh, they were yeah. so much fun. So I have a good ship story about that. So Brooks and Diane Paxson were on. And, you know, when you, you have these contract, you know, entertainment, they're only on for, I don't know, four four to six weeks or something. And then they leave and have a different ship. So tell, you know, tell
2: us who they are first. Tell us, explain who they are.
3: Well, Brooks and Diane Paxton, uh, husband and wife, musician, you know, musicians, and they would come on, at, you know, as who, they had other members too, didn't they? Other than just, it was the two of them. Well, I
0: knew like, Brooks, uh, uh, I, I keep wanting to say Brooks and Dunn, but that's a, that's a country star, but Brooks Paxton, Diane Paxton, there's a uh, Brooks Paxton Jr. You, Yes, and then the uh, the other guys, I, I didn't. Uh, well, friends, right. in fact, you're right. It might them have them. been
3: their son on with them because I think they had a couple other members that you know played instruments, and obviously Diane was the keyboard. Uh, so
1: they so. were they were a band. One of the lounges they usually sat in one of the lounges and played music in that lounge. So he had live music that people danced yeah. to or whatever. And he would do yeah, rock and roll. It's
3: the nicest couple ever. Just so sweet. They were about to sign off. So it was a Saturday night show that we were doing. And remember with Crew Staff, we did You Can Leave Your Hat On by Joe Cocker. Oh,
0: yeah. And yeah. so, um,
3: so it was myself and Michelle. Who you had a crush on, Michelle, didn't you, Scott? Michelle Duran, <laughs> she's gorgeous. So Michelle and I. And How dare you, Julie? Yeah, who didn't? Even Michelle said when she when I remember you writing something on the, a Facebook post. You said, and she's like, opportunity lost. How do we not know these things? You guys need to tell us. We're, we're clueless when it comes that kind of stuff.
0: Just a so, young kid I, from Oklahoma. What do you expect?
3: Oh, <laughs> just admiring from afar. So they were, Brooks would sing, you know, you can leave your hat on. And it was the four of us from crew staff. And we had very sexy, you know, black halter outfits and we danced with chairs. We had our fedora hats and we danced with chairs and they were signing off the next day. So we decided to pull a prank on them that night since it was his last show of the contract. And so because it's a very sultry number, we never smiled or anything. It was a very serious face. Very,
0: very sexy.
3: So very sexy. So he's going around, you know, to each one of us, you know, baby, take off your coat. And as he would come around to us, now the audience couldn't see us because we'd either be profile. You guys or were, we were
0: facing we'd upstage. A,
3: yeah, chair, looking to the back. We, each of us blacked out a tooth. <laughs> <laughs> So here's poor Brooks. You know he's he gets into it too. He's such a you know consummate professional. He's coming around, singing to each of us, and we were just getting this gleam, with this black t- and he's trying so hard not to laugh. And he was oh my gosh, he was dying. It was so much. He still remembers that to this day. It's yeah, that was one of my favorite stories and to try and keep it from him too, because you're backstage. And you can't black out your tooth too soon because right. you're talking to people. So it was sort of this. Last okay, let's go.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah <and> swipe, <laughs> and on stage. Oh my gosh. It was so fun. Pulling stuff like that.
0: It was so funny. Like the dancers and, and even the, the crew staff, they all used to play these little games and stuff on, you know, when we were doing the shows, like I worked backstage, you know, It was rough, I'm telling you, changing naked dancers, you know, between numbers and stuff. But they used to play these games like this. I think it was called Pass the Quarter or something like that. Nobody knew who did it. And one cast member would have a quarter in his hand and he'd be on this part of the stage. And every time they would do, wow, like that, they would hit a hand and they pass the quarter to the other cast member. And they had to go in that number. They had to see if they could transfer it all the way to the opposite part of the stage, You would never know this, like as a, as a passenger or a person, you know, watching the show, but you know, they would talk to each other and try to crack each other up and pass quarters and do all this, all, all this kind of stuff. It was, uh, it was pretty wild.
3: I think every ship. So I I did the majesty for a couple contracts and I did the monarch, which was great. And then I actually forgotten that I'd done a kind of a short stint on the enchantment. And then my final ship, I'd moved to LA and was, you know, basically signing jumping ship And signing off of Royal Caribbean. And then I had moved to LA to, you know, pursue acting and things like that. And I just remember they called and asked if I could fill in on the Viking serenade.
0: How'd you like the serenade?
3: Uh, The Lemonade. Um, you know, I, I liked it, but it was really on its way out. I mean, by the time I got to it in 2000, I, I, you know, <laughs> it, I was,
2: you know, it, it was, it was on its way out on it
0: its way off. in. I think, you know, know.
3: It's, it's, yeah. I think it's always sort of like one foot out the door.
0: Uh, Julie, did you, uh, a couple of questions that we ask everybody. Um, uh, do, do you ever almost miss a ship? or miss the ship?
3: Yes. On the Monarch. Yeah. I was uh with someone and uh <laughs> they had to wait for him. Yes. We were on the last tender almost. They would have waited, but if it had been a, you know, a couple passengers, I think they would have been in big trouble, but because of who it was, I <laughs> I just remember pulling up. Nice. <laughs> hope you
0: had of, fun.
3: Yeah. Nice <laughs> little round of applause and, you know, tail between the legs and, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> how,
0: how how long was that? How how far were you, were you out? Or
3: uh, You know, gosh, I don't remember. I just remember a lot of colorful metaphors being said as we were racing to, and we knew we were in deep trouble.
0: Well, let me ask you this next question now that, you know, I was going to probably forget about it, but whether this was or or was not, do you ever hook up with a passenger?
3: Never a passenger, no.
0: Okay. Just an engineer, it sounds like. <laughs> uh,
3: not an engineer.
0: No, I was going to say that's a
1: doctor.
3: Uh, not a doctor. I know.
1: Oh wow! Because the doctor uh, is the one they can't sail. Right, they can't I mean, sail without.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. uh No, but just keep just keep going, and I'll answer yes or no.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, those oh, are the deck two. Deck officer. Things. Deck officer is the obvious one for me.
3: Oh no, no. Uh-uh. Oh. But these all sound like fabulous people. I'm well, I, I
0: have to go when we very first started the uh, um, the the our podcast with Julie today. Maybe a head waiter or the dining room manager. No, they would have left without them. Yeah, right. Yeah,
3: the, no, the waiter had come and gone by that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Cruise director.
1: Yeah, that's my next guess. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. I did not confirmed nor did not. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just, to be clear. Everybody was single.
1: Sure. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> finding. Any chance did you get a chance to sail to labadie in Haiti when no. it was a private island?
3: No, I would have liked that but no we we never we never went to Labadie.
0: Uh. Are they, are they back there
3: again? Does anyone know? Back I don't before? think
0: so. I think they, they gave that up when they dumped a, you know, a billion dollars into Coco Cay because uh, it was so they, rough because it was opened and it was closed and so open and it was closed. But they so had
1: like, put a lot of money into Labadee as well. They had completely uh, transformed that place. And I have to tell you, it was absolutely beautiful. It was just stunning. I remember going, especially on a smaller ship by song of America, you could go to the other side of the Island where most of the guests didn't want to walk that far and it was it just wasn't busy at all, and it was just beautiful,
0: beautiful. Any other stories before we uh, start winding down here?
3: Oh, did you guys ever do the adult scavenger hunt?
0: But well, I not, had not to... until we did the reunion with uh, Brad.
3: Oh, <laughs> oh, is that that, yeah. one
0: of the, is that what that yeah. was called?
3: <laughs> oh, I don't remember. They
1: used to call I've it. I've done that. It, yeah, they used to call it as a passenger. Else. Wasn't it like <laughs> the western? The western something they used to call it. Oh, God, what was the name of it? I don't know. I think they changed the name over the years. But I was once I was sitting in the audience, and they would ask people like to do grab stuff from officers. And I people would attack me like, you know, trying to get my epaulets off. I mean, I had people take my belt off. I mean, it was it was madness.
0: That's Buy me a drink first.
3: <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> Hello. So, yeah. So I was hosting the adult scavenger hunt and you had to be 18 or over to, you know, to get into this game. And so, Brad, I love that you actually played it. So they, you know, people would come in, I don't know, 50, 60 people and you put them in, you know, teams of six or what have you. And there maybe be six or seven teams of, of five to seven people. Basically, the whole premise was just to get them to do the craziest, funniest things. And they would have to run up to me and show me their number first and you'd, you'd score them by points. Whoever came up to you first, second would get, you know, the highest and then down the line for a point system. It was always like, you know, I, we need a man from your team wearing red lipstick. And people would get so creative because you'd either, you could see women either, you know, putting it on them or they would put it on themselves and kiss him all over the place. Or, you know, people would come up with kind of the craziest <laughs> ways to come up and, and show you that they've accomplished this. Well, one of them was... That we need a man to you know to come up. And you always drew out the description, you know, we need a man wearing, and you know, you could see everybody just like doing trying to anticipate (laughs) what this would be. And it was a a women's bra, you know, women's bra brazier And normally, well, here's the thing, you know, every woman knows how to take her bra off without taking her shirt off. It's a skill we learn very early on. Bikini top, bra, whatever. It's it's quite magical, really. This woman was having none of that. Off came the top, unhooked the bra, handed it to the guy put the top back, right back on it's like i am not fooling around with all that stuff trying to get it out my sleeve yeah she just full on woohoo it's like okay this is why this is 18 and over everybody
1: so i can't remember brad what did they make you do didn't you pull didn't they pull your pants down or something? yeah
0: or did,
2: yeah no, he, I he
0: ended to, up in his underwear
3: yeah i had to go
2: out there in my underwear <laughs>
0: with i think a bra on.
2: i think you? a bra on in my underwear and, that, there are, and that's it there are pictures of this on facebook these are my oh, friends God. oh man these are my
0: good <laughs> these are my
2: lifelong friends posting yeah. these on facebook
0: i don't think he he realized what was going to happen and everybody was excited on the reunion thing and he did this and and like even though he was Comple- like not even half out of the bag. He was completely out of the bag. And uh, he came back and he was pissed off. Yeah, yeah. And and they, they said, oh, we need a volunteer. And everybody just turns
2: around and points. No, I don't know how I was the chosen one in this one. But everybody, I guess because I drank all that uh, tequila all day and they're like, ah, he'll do it.
3: Well, see, this is the nice thing about when we worked on cruise ships is no cell phones. That was fun. That
0: was one of the things I I thought was just so freaking funny to watch. Because even though some of the items were the same every ship, the reaction and the people playing was completely different. And the amount that people were... Not drinking, drinking, fully drinking, completely smashed, you know, it was different. Every single cruise, man, it was so freaking funny.
2: So- I just want to give a heads up to everybody. Speaking of grainy VHS tapes, I have got some coming down the line. So get ready, people. Anybody that... Knew me when I had a video video camera. uh, Those high eight video cameras. Get ready, no one's safe.
3: What kind of videotapes are these, Brad?
2: (laughs) They're just random stuff, but from a long, long time ago that nobody remembers. That I don't even remember. I have a video. I have a video going to lunch in Vietnam with no one. I remember their name.
0: (laughs) <laughs> Before we go, uh, tell us how you uh, got to England. Tell us that whole story real quick. So
3: my husband is retired Navy. He was in the Navy for 20 years and I actually met him after he retired. So I met him you know, later in life and he was retired and then w- went back to work for the DOD as a civilian. And so he's in the security field. And, you know, it's his funny. name,
0: Jason Bourne. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <sometimes. Sometimes. laughs>
3: You know we were living in washington state and we had been in our house for 10 years and i was you know working and acting and doing my thing and he was in his job and he and i and then my family's in washington but obviously everybody goes about their business and doing their thing and it just seemed like the perfect time and the perfect opportunity to sort of start this amazing chapter if we could do it so we'd actually been applying for a couple of years because it's kind of hard to you know get over into the european system and and so this this contract came up in the uk and so we thought, should we rent our house out or, you know, would we go back to Washington State? And we decided, you know, we don't want to have to worry about it. Sold our cars and put everything in storage. And then the, the, the military moved us over here, uh, which is very interesting as well. My goodness, I had never really watched that happen before where they just come into your house and pack everything up for you. You don't touch a thing. So, you know, boxes and packing tape and the whole shebang, and they just ship over whatever it is you want them to ship over, and the rest goes into storage. And so, yeah, we landed here in this, we got so lucky the 16th century farmhouse that we're renting. Oh, wow. massive amount of acreage it's just so beautiful and especially with lockdown it was the perfect location because we have you know so many walking trails and it's so quiet and peaceful out here and there's horses and they have stables and uh, our landlords are
0: julie is uh, julie has already sent her pictures in you guys got to see this uh this house where where in england are you
3: we are just well st Nitz, which is kind of uh i'd say it's close to cambridge Oh, so okay. north, north of London. So it's about a 40-minute right. train ride for me to, to get into it. Oh, that's London. not
1: bad at all. No,
3: it's not. And you know, you guys know their public transportation is so amazing. So it's you know easy yeah. to get around. And we go to London a lot, which we love. I love London. Highly recommend it to, to anybody who has not been. Yeah. And now
0: what about a, a model traveler? How'd that come about?
3: Well, I started that a couple years ago before we moved over. And it, it was just sort of a, one of those things. And I have to say cruising was kind of a nice catalyst for this because I had always... You know, just with the travel and then, you know, even on my breaks from a contract, I would go to Europe or travel around and visit family and then travel a little bit. And I always kept a journal and I, you know, took pictures back then when we had film and you had to have it developed. And so I started travel writing. And I, you know, built a website and have a blog and then, you know, you know, Scott, the whole vlogging, you know, out in the vlogosphere is kind of the next big, you know, tackle. But um, so now, I'm, you know, social media and YouTube and just a model traveler seem to mesh perfectly with my passion for arts and performing arts and then uh, travel as well. So, yeah.
2: Now that, now that you've told us about it, tell everybody where they can find it again, How where you're at and how, how they can find it.
3: Yeah, thanks. For, you know, honestly, everything is under a model traveler, whether it's, you know, Pinterest or LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook, my YouTube channel, everything is a model traveler. So that's kind of nice. It makes it easy to, to find it.
0: Well, hey, uh, Julie, our time uh, looks like we ran out of time. Uh, it always goes over. So now I have to, you know, now I have to work at editing this thing down. Great to see you and have you and, and you all be all so on much. the show. It
3: was my pleasure. Thank you. You guys take care of yourselves.
0: Thank you. Yes. Take Thank care. you. We'll see you.
3: Bye-bye.
1: bye She was great. She was fantastic. Awesome. And that was yeah, really I good. never, I never worked with her on board, but. I would have remembered her because she looks stunning. She's, He looks like the same.
0: Like she looks like a freaking movie star now. And she looks just as beautiful as she did um, back then.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. She's holding up really well.
1: Yeah. Love her outlook. Just love that, that positive, great outlook on life and, doing what you
0: want to do hey everyone the ship is about to set sail which brings us to an end for today we hope that you enjoy the podcast for bonus audio and if you would like to see this podcast and video please visit our youtube channel my Ship Story. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram as My Ship Story. Don't forget to let us know if you're a past or present crew member, and if you have a story that you would like to tell, or if you'd like, you can email us your story for us to read on the air. Email us at myshipstorypodcast at yahoo.com. That's podcast at yahoo.com. Goodbye for now, and be sure to tune in next week, same time, as we'll have a new podcast every Monday. Bon voyage!